Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked. We took we had to take a week off. We're going to take another week off after this. There'll be a little <laughs> bit of space. But I promise you that if there are any other breaks, it won't be my fault. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, but we're back. And uh, if you're new to this podcast slash YouTube show, we are a show where we rank discographies of many bands and do many other rankings in general we normally are ranking which is why we're called cranked and ranked and mm-hmm. we're back on to do another band discography this episode and i'm your host old head with me as always mr eddie sparks hi how are you <laughs> that probably didn't get picked up in the video i've noticed that zoom gets stupid with like cutting out sound i'm like quit fucking with me zoom I did wonder what you were doing there. It just kind of looked like this. Oh, I was doing the crowd noise. So in the podcast, yeah. <laughs> the podcast version, it's probably going to sh- going to be audible. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we're professionals. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, so today we have we have a long one ahead of us. That's what she said. Um, hey. Because we're going to be doing the entire full length album discography of the quintessential. 90s pop punk band uh green day which is which is the first full-on pop punk band we've done Mm -hmm. we did do the misfits which they put out to a a couple albums with uh with what's his name graves yeah michael Michael graves that are are absolutely just pop punk albums but um this is the first full-on pop punk, and I remember I, I remember distinctly though when we first started this podcast, you know, fucking four years ago or what? Three years ago? Shit, it's been a while. Three years I ago. Mean, we're into our fourth. We're year. starting the fourth year, so it was three years ago. Um, yeah. Math, and um, <laughs> I remember having a discussion where you talked about how you didn't really like pop punk, like that was a thing that you weren't really into, but you've since since warmed to it, right? Well, you know, you know, as, as time goes on, uh, tastes mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it, my hatred of pop punk at the time came from a place of uh, back when I'd first gotten into rock and metal. Um, essentially, when I first started watching the music channels like Kerrang! and Scuzz, they had a lot of variety going on. They'd be like, uh, you know metal hour uh thrash hour pop punk hour new metal hour like all of yeah, these little yeah. blocks of all sorts of different stuff 80s versus 90s uh 2000s versus 2010s all this sort of stuff until one day i woke up and it had just become a 24 hour uh pop punk new metal live stream and anything yeah. that didn't come out between the years of about 97 and 2003 were just not shown and yeah. I, it got it got to be real. Like I got real burnt out on it. Oh, and like sort of emo metalcore stuff, right? So that really soured my um, taste for it a little bit yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. because it was oversaturated for me. You know, it was, it was just being oh, also, all that stuff it, you like. It got gone. very bland in the early two thousands too. Mm. Maybe even the late nineties, but it, it it really became, you know, bands that just played this poppy style of punk music and then all of a sudden it became dudes that all also were wearing some kind of a costume like they 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 had to dress like punkers in a certain way yeah and it just it got really like 
Like, are these real bands or are these corporate, you know, creations where they just said, spike up your hair, get some tattoos, do the lip thing, the snarly lip thing like Billy Idol and write songs about (laughs) how you're not going to conform. And then that's it. Yeah. For, For me at the time, I just I viewed the whole genre as, you know, my girlfriend broke up with me. And then well, that, just well, that of, was that came from the Blink 182 side of things, really. <laughs> yeah, but then that kind of bled its way into metalcore, and then you had this like thing yeah. of like, you know, I'm starting to hear more interesting bands come out again. But I just remember right at the time I got into heavy metal, the exact type of that sort of thing that i didn't like was in style yeah and you know we've all got our tastes but i remember like i was a weird one because i liked heavy music but i didn't like the kind that was in style yeah but you know i also didn't like pop at the time so i was either well at my school you were either a chav or a or a emo there were no metal heads barring me and a, a couple people i've managed to turn into um me light so you know uh yeah it it, so i I did have some bitterness towards the genre but much like my opinion on new metal um pop punk i have forgiven in the last couple years um so i'm I'm all for it yeah you can you start to see the bands that were genuinely good and then the ones that were the also ran so it happens with every big genre of music that gets super popular yeah um so this will be an interesting one. Before we go on, though, I want to give a quick shout out um, over on my Facebook group, which is called Old Heads, Bangers and Beyond. Yes. Um, a gentleman named Eric Smith created a uh, cranked and ranked bingo card. Yeah. And I printed it. Well, my wife printed it out for me. She even my wife even managed to figure out how to go to where he created it and then enter in the the, the details to where you can randomize it. And oh, you can wow. even apparently invite other people. You can invite, invite people to play. So, oh shit! Eventually, maybe if if people are into it out there, you know, comment or email me and let me know. Um, we could do a thing where we send cards out to everybody, and for a particular episode, everybody can play. Um, yeah, I've already been playing because one of the squares is Eddie leaves a, a T out of the middle of any word, and you already <laughs> you said you said metal several times. <laughs> So I went ahead and did a mark right there. But it's got everything from, you know... Well, he made two, actually. He, he, he did, did a he, red one and a blue one. Well, this is the first one that I've printed out. But it has things like, are we going to mention Metallica? Um, is there going to be a D's Nuts joke? Are we going to mention Wayne's World? Are we going to mention GTA? Vinyl? Are we going to say peanut butter platypus? That, these don't count. None I was going to say, count. some dude out there is right now just taking them all nope. off. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Um, stop remixing albums. Um, yeah, and, uh, I like some of them are like just things that we we normally say. One of them is we're getting into Banger Central here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's really it's great that he did it because it's like it's so hilarious, and I'm like, yeah, this is a fun thing that we could play. So today I'm going to play it while we're doing this. I'm gonna, you know, nice. if, it, if it comes up, but don't don't force it. Let's not force it. Oh yeah, one hundred. Because there's there are some on here that were, they're definitely not going to come up. Like how how is Toto going to come up in this episode? They might. Just did. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, well, you know, um, at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, <sort> of, <laughs> is that there at the end of the day? 
If, if it's oh, on the that second one, one, it's on another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah, so yeah, so that that's that's super fun. Um, you yeah. can go. Actually, I, I I posted it on all of my social media. So if you're following me in any of those, you can go take a look at the first one. Um, the second one I didn't post, but that one's funny as well. <laughs> um, it could be a thing where I just put up both of them and have you guys take your pick. Which card do you think is going to be the one that that's going to win this time? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, thanks Eric Smith for that, and uh, and now we can jump into this lengthy thing because it's 13 albums to rank for green day normally yeah. a band with 13 albums we would devote two episodes but i really thought i'd go look i know our audience and i think we're pushing it with even one episode of green day <laughs> <laughs> so let's just try to get it all out of the way and let's be let's be energetic and quick with it just like green day are with some of their albums, some of their albums yeah. are entirely too long, but, um, yeah, uh, as usual, let's do this quickly. We talk about where green day came into our lives. Mine. Oh God, this is a fucking, I, I'm going to try to do this without being a fucking long winded douchebag here. Um, <laughs> in high school, I had a group of friends. We were all into metal. Some, they were in a metal band that I really liked. We were like, we were people discovering metal, but we were also into grunge and all this other stuff. But we were, at certain points by like, you know, around 1993, we were just getting into death metal and trying to find the most aggressive stuff we could find. And then I remember coming to school one day and we had a few friends that all of a sudden were listening to punk. And I was just like, I feel like we were evolving in this direction. You guys just now went down in this direction because like yeah. where I felt we were going musically was like climbing the extreme ladder or the batshit crazy ladder whatever we could find and they're like oh we're now we're gonna listen to the fucking ramones <laughs> i was just and i wasn't on board at first um and and, I, and it took me a long time i ended up being that one last guy in the, my group of friends that was still like do you hear the new metallica oh metallica shit ah uh, there we go Crossing out Metallica I, on the all list. I was thinking, all I was thinking then was like you still like trying desperately to hang on to the extreme metal thing, and I was just thinking then like you doing Basket Case and John Tardy's voice. Like, Sometimes <laughs> I give myself the creeps. Um, but I liked a lot of different stuff, so I was I was okay with getting into things like punk rock. But my a lot of my friends all seemed like the kind of people, and maybe this was just young people in general, that when they got into something new, they said fuck off to everything else. Yeah. And, and I never did that. So when Neither. so we were getting into like Cannibal Corpse and stuff, I was I still bought like the Bush, the first Bush album when it came out. Like it's like, you know, like I, I was all over the place. But so and I remember we went, my friends invited me to go on a church retreat. It's not very not very important to the story. We were just all together going to a thing. And some one of them went to a church. They had a retreat. We went. We wore all black in our death metal shirts and we acted like assholes the entire time we were at the church <laughs> retreat. But um but I remember in the in the in the van or wherever however we were getting getting there, um the drummer of of said band that I was friends with, he had the uh, the new Green Day album which I think had just come out or something but it was it was dookie at the time so it was 94 right um and i just remember listening to it in the in the the car where, wherever we were writing in and just thinking to myself like these are really catchy well-written songs with a lot of really good energy 
Yeah. The band's really tight. I like this. And so I quickly, you know, bought the album for myself and became a Green Day fan for a little while. I fell off in the early 2000s and I've never really found my way back. But that's my history with Green Day. That was a long story for nothing. How about how about your turn? <laughs> uh, you know, I was always th- they were always there, you know, um, just the hits, really. But, you know, I'd always hear Green Day with, you know, the rock music channels on you yeah. know every eight or so songs you'd get a green day song you know so you know you know and i, I i'll even admit even at the height of my pop punk hatred era i still had a soft spot for green day i didn't yeah. want to admit it and i never ever let anybody know but yeah. whenever basket case came on i was like I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, with, with that, you know, I came into this knowing the hits and no deep cuts. I'd never oh, listened wow. to a, I'd never listened to a full Green Day album all the way through. I just so, knew the big songs. Prior to this, I had heard every Green Day album up to uh, 21st Century Breakdown. Uh. That's the point where I really fell off and I had only heard like random songs. Um, and I had never heard the Uno Dos Trey trilogy at all. So that was brand new to me. Anyway, so boom, 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 boom. I don't know why I did that drums thing, but there you go. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and also cross off uh, Old Head Fiddles with Beard because <laughs> I know I'm going to do it. I probably have already done it 20 times. Well, so, I'm, I'm um, reaching the stage now because I'm growing my goatee out to see what yeah. I can do. And uh, I've reached the beard fiddle stage myself. So I love it. I love it. We'll just be two like scholars with our big beards teaching people shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, <laughs> folks. You're going to learn something. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah, let's get into this. We got 13 albums. We got 13 albums. And uh, and let's just get to it. Green Day album ranking, as usual. I throw it over to Eddie Sparks to start us off with his number 13 Green Day album. Okay, I'm not going to waste any time here. My number 13 is Father of All Motherfuckers. Oh, and okay. And my thoughts are, I, I, I got about halfway through their discography, and then I thought to myself, this thing is crying out for me to check out. I need to know what this is because it's it looks weird it's got a zoomed in the 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 fucking artwork is a zoom in on the american idiot cover with a unicorn puking a rainbow onto it and it's got green day ironically scrawled in red um so my first thoughts were when i stuck this on and this is someone who loves most of what is here on all other albums my first thoughts were what the fuck Uh, (laughs) i don't think you were alone in that there's a lot of people now normally like i would i would enjoy uh, an off the wall shift towards you know something way out of um left field yeah the problem comes when it sounds I'm going to be honest, they somehow made a 26-minute album feel like an hour. 
for me. <laughs> um, Dang. You know, you, you know how I've been saying um, short albums? Watch what you albums. say. Billy, Billy Joe's got a temper. He's going to get oh, one fucking minute. Have you seen that video? Yeah. One, you're going to yeah. give me one fuck. That's one of my favorite videos in the world. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> so it's a complete I, like, meltdown. Like going on record, like you, know, as much as I'm not really a huge fan of this band, like for some reason, like Billy Joe just seems like a dude. I'm like, I like that guy's cool. Because he seems yeah. like he he's like I feel like I relate to him in a lot of ways, but in other ways I'm like he seems like an unpredictable kind of dude, and I I kind of like that. He's he's like a that's a that's what a rock star is. You're supposed yeah. to do shit like that. Yeah, you know I I I see my inevitable meltdown looking something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like here's the upsetting thing for me is that while I respect a, a good creative shift up completely yeah when father of all started all i could think running through my head was you need a car that's built tough like you the new my buds who might and the, it does it does have a what passes for rock music today kind of feel like commercial like it's it's almost it's it's hard to explain but yeah it does have that quality to it yeah it, the it's got the distorted car commercial vocals and i immediately knew i was like please i don't want this to continue through the whole thing um <laughs> and then you get fire ready aim while shorter in length the car commercial vibes continue um oh yeah is again a more car commercial music sort of thing you know meet me on the roof not sure if that's wise right now, seeing as I want to jump off it. Uh, I was a teenage teenager. Uh, cringe title. I'm going to gush about how much I love their 90s stuff, it, but I, this album really put me through the ringer. Um, stab You in the Heart. If I said that I didn't enjoy their like 50s rock and roll influence, I would be lying. But when it comes to Green Day, this sonic choice that they chose for this album just just ain't it for me you know okay um sugar youth junkies on a high uh take the money and crawl uh I pretty much feel the same uh and then graffitia uh or graffitia or yeah well thank god it's over uh, <laughs> you may recall in the last episode and i'm trying not to be a smug asshole about this because you know there are they're a successful band and they're free to experiment with whatever the hell they want to. Um, but you may recall in the last episode, I said that the Red Hot Chili Pepper albums didn't need to be almost 20 songs long. Yeah. I somehow feel like this album didn't need to exist. Oh, dang. But like, I just feel like it's such a, I know they're capable of such greatness. And I feel like there are songs here but the execution just really didn't mesh with my ears, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for this to be, you know, it, did they come out as a bit of a self-aware thing or is it like a legit thing? I sound so horrible right now. I'm not used to being this critical, but this like... Is, this is fun. Like, you know, yeah. I was thinking to myself... This album for me is in the same league as Generation Swine in one of those albums where I know wholeheartedly that unless I have a gun to my head, I'm not revisiting this album, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Um, 
Okay. You know, which is you know, which is a shame because it always pains me to put a band's most recent outing as my bottom pick. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's there's a lot of stuff here. Um, if anything, I appreciate its its bold shift to something completely different. Mm-hmm. However, my ears like what they like, and they didn't like that. So over to you. <laughs> okay, so that is not my number thirteen. Okay, um, I liked it more than you. But so we we talked about this before. Um, they did a trilogy of albums called Uno, Dos, and Trey, which that alone is enough for me because because Trey's. <laughs> Trey's yeah. you know, the drummer is Trey Cool, and I just love the fact that it's Uma Uno Dos Trey, and then the last yeah. one has Trey's face on it. And I'm like, okay, that's a dumb enough joke that they went that far to create three albums for that. That's good. <laughs> I like that. But we were talking about how in both of our rankings, those three albums are right next to each other. So we're going to put them all together. So my joint 13, 12, 11 is cool. the albums Uno Dos Trey. Um, on number 13 is the last one, Trey, from 2012. They all came out in 2012. Okay. And I'm going to be real brief because there's not a lot to say about these albums. This is the third album of the trilogy, and the only thing I like about it is the title because it's Trey, and it makes it you. this album has to exist for the joke to work. And the joke yeah. is the best part of the whole fucking thing. Number 12, <laughs> Dose, also from 2012, second of the trilogy. Um, at this point, I had never heard these albums before. I thought it was going to be a Kiss solo album affair. So I thought Mike was going to be the vocalist on the second album and Trey would be the vocalist on the third album. They didn't even fucking do that. It's just three generic, uninspired, boring rehash Green Day albums. And this is the number, number two of it. Um, just another album of the same thing with no standout tracks. In fact, when I got to the middle of this album, I was like, you know what? This day and age with our technology, these albums sound like if somebody put Green Day into an AI and then had them make an album, yeah. it would sound like Uno, Dos, and Trey. So, yeah. which brings us to number 11, which is Uno. The reason why this one comes in first out of the three is simply because it was the first one. And I was like, well, I didn't know it was going to totally suck at this point. <laughs> and so, <laughs> trilogy of albums. Now, some people would probably be happy because they came back to like their straightforward pop punk style stuff. Because prior to this was... They've done uh, a couple rock operas, hadn't they? With yeah, yeah. They, and... Well, I think... Well, was it was Revolution Radio? I think Revolution Radio was after this. So, yeah. Yeah. So, they had done the couple rock opera type things, and now they're back to this. So, this may have been a breath of fresh air to some people, but not to me. Um, it's not anything new. In fact, at this point, there's song slash riff blur, not only with their own stuff, but with other bands. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I think I've already heard this song before. Um, and at this point they started to come across as a pop punk Halloween costume of themselves where it's just not nothing. like literally nothing about those albums was interesting to me, except for the fact that, Oh, they went back to doing the straightforward pop punk thing. And then once you, you, that part got tiresome, you just went, well, there's literally nothing here. And, um, and I know, and that thing is like, I'm a, I, I like this band and I, I'm, I think that Billy Joe has, 
the capability of writing more interesting stuff. I think sometimes bands like this are backed into a wall and they think they know what they need to do. And so if they had taken this triple album idea and went batshit crazy with it, with each one having a different vocalist or even a different primary songwriter, like just, and so maybe some of them like have songs that are completely like anything they've ever done before to where they would, they would end up being like the kiss solo albums where some people love them. Some people hate them, but they all have their own little identity. That would have been great, but they didn't Mm -hmm. even do that. It's literally just three albums of the same shit and none of it is very good. And so that's my 11, 12, 13 uno dos tray. Boom. Okay. So my 12 through 10 is Uno Dos Trey. Nice. Uh, This worked out perfectly. Yeah. So my number 12 is, let me find it. It is Dos because, uh, yeah, this is part two of the 2012 Uno Dos Trey trilogy. Um, and it, I think it could be something to do with the fact I got halfway into this and thought, Jesus Christ, I'm only halfway here. Uh, <laughs> whereas, where, whereas the other two albums marked, oh, this may be interesting, or thank God that's wrapped up. But uh, I found this one to be the least interesting of the three. Uh, so See You Tonight is this short opening ditty. Fuck time. Late, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to read through all... all of the tracks on all three of these albums. These are not short. None of these are short. No, no. And uh, <laughs> I, I suffered for your entertainment. You fuckers. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, like I say, fuck time is a nice subtle track. Um, stop when the red lights flash, cool rhythm to this one. And then it, it was already at this point, I'd already done this for um, Uno. Uh, I'd already started writing the same thing for every track pretty much early on because i thought to myself i need a way out because <laughs> i am not Please, take it i will i will camping allow you out a way here out for whatever you want to do <laughs> yeah so i've got lazy bones is kind of ulti punk wild one is kind of ulti punk uh make out party standard rocking chord sequence stray heart uh, uh all i could think with the rhythm was are you gonna be my girl by jet yeah speaking of which that's an that's an era of of rock that i i have deemed uh cbbc rock and what that means is it was played during uh ads on children's bbc music because it was it was rocking enough to get the kids going but it was tame enough to not scare the parents so and, that's, and, and honestly st- that's still what is considered rock music in the popular music world these days like yeah we, we have not grown from that and that really bums me out because that's some of the worst music ever made all of those I, bands yeah like not all of them. There are some shining, you know, lights from it, but that it's very small. A very small amount of that music is good, but it's still gotten to the point now where you're like, oh, we're a rock and roll band, but it's literally the most light, like barely even rock music. You know, yeah. they barely cranked the distortion on the guitars, and the vocals are way louder than anything else, and e- it's just. E- yeah like i think that's why it took me a little bit to get into rock music because back when i was a kid that was in 
that was the big rock stuff and i was like yeah yeah where is this like heavy heavy stuff because i went back and i listened to you know <laughs> this is one of the most negative episodes we've ever done which is for, for now everything. for yeah. now we're gonna get more positive <laughs> later but like you know i went back and i listened to that song because i was like is there something from that era that i'm missing and i i listened to it and i was like this just sounds flat to me like it, it it's like rock with all the parts i like removed from it you know and i yeah i don't want to be a prick but it's it's the fucking music industry's fault too and not only that i don't know if i can blame this on older bands or if it's still just the 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 labels and, and record companies because i've noticed that anytime i've gone to see an older very successful group um like a good example is, I, is going to see alice in chains and yeah. so a, ba a band that can has a huge draw is older. They always seem to have a young band that plays before them, but they always are dudes in tight bell bottoms with a female vocalist who is trying to be some sort of uh, 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 what's her what what's the fucking name I'm thinking of? Um, <laughs> God damn it! Um, anyway, never mind. It's uh, it, but it's it, but it's all <laughs> this sort of. Hodge, not a hodgepodge. It's like a watered down Xerox copy of a seventies rock band, and it's and it, it's always the most uninspired and horrible music. But for some reason, like it's always these bands, and they're always a band I've never heard of. And mm -hmm. and 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 then there's another one next show, another one of these bands where they just it's the same thing. I'm like, rock music is it fucking evolved. You don't need to wear the floral <laughs> button up shirt. <laughs> anymore <laughs> and like i mean it'd be okay if it was like every once in a while you'd see a band like that but it just seems like that's so so many younger groups like they think that's rock and roll and i'm just so, like it's it's, it's, it's van a fleet syndrome oh fuck yeah fuck that I, I i've even given that band more time greta van fleet because i feel like maybe i'm being unfair because i recently watched like they did that Nir uh, nirvana no i wish <laughs> um metallica um a fundraiser thing where they played live and opening yeah. for them was Greta Van Fleet. And I, I went, you know what? I'm going to sit here with my beer and I'm going to give them my time. Let's see what Greta Van Fleet can do. They were fucking horrible. Oh, really? Like the vocalist is awful. He has a good range, but it, his singing is not pleasing at all. The songs are all rehashes of other shit. Now I'll, I'll mm. say it's not just Led Zeppelin anymore. They seem to have branched out a little bit, but every single song, I'm all like, I feel like I fucking heard this song before. And the energy of the band is so like, we watched all these, these, we, we, we watched the song remains the same. And we've decided that that's the band we're going to be. And everything <laughs> about it just seems so not genuine. Like these kids are probably mm -hmm. all very talented and can do more interesting music than this, but they're stuck in this sort of like, well, we've put on this costume. This is the band that we're going to have to be now because we're cosplaying as Led Zeppelin or whoever. And yeah. it sucks because I hate being a hater. I hate it. I want to be on board, especially when there's a younger band and people are Amen. like, yes. And I'm just like, yeah, I want to be on board. But every single time I've gone to listen to that group or watch them, I'm just like, this is there's no reason anybody should be talking about this being good because there's better mm. music out there that aren't there's better bands that aren't getting to open for metallica so um 
Yeah. And anyway. on the one hand, on the on the one hand, I will give them this. If they inspire um you know, a younger generation to dive deeper into interesting music from the past or go deeper into into bands. Yes, by all means, right? I'll give I'll um, give them credit if that ha- that happens. If they become like an Elvis Presley, not really in in that, but you know what I mean? Like I hate yeah. Elvis. I absolutely hate Elvis and everything he ever did. But if somebody said, well, would you say Elvis is an important artist for rock music? I'm like, absolutely he is. Absolutely. Yeah. Undeniable. His shit is awful, though. But that's just my opinion. And so I figured that if I'm perfectly happy with Greta Van Fleet ushering in and then they become this, you know, we all started because we saw Greta Van Fleet. Great. You guys have your fucking mark on the map and I support you. But um, <laughs> the music is not there for somebody like me that wants more. I want... I know it's really hard to be original these days because so much mm. that you could think to do has already been done by somebody, sometimes many, many times. But just mm. give it a shot. Like, try something new. You know? I, I don't know. Anyway. Green yeah, Day. No, no. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's our first tangent. Um, will, will Do you think this will be a three-hour episode? <laughs> potentially. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. There's no, um, there's no square for tangent. There's no tangent square. There shouldn't yeah, be a be, tangent square. Might be on another one. Yeah, it could uh, be. Could be, but uh, let's keep going. So uh, Ashley, Baby Eyes, and Lady Cobra is just alt, alty punk. I've called it alty punk because it's not it's not punk punk. It's got like one foot in alternative and one foot in punk. Yeah. And it's kind of like it straddles both without going too far in either direction. Hence landing it in the generic zone. <laughs> Um, now nightlife. Kill the DJ. On, we're still on the first one, right? Yeah, we're still on DOS. <laughs> so that's my um, fault. That's my fault. Yeah. See, now I will say, Kill the DJ from Uno felt like harmless fun. This one to me is far more cringy, and I've again, like I say, like I said about. Um, father of all motherfuckers I've never been a fan of that distorted vocals style like the way it's used here um, mm-hmm. you know when Ministry does it cool when Nine Inch Nails does it cool because you wouldn't get that in a fucking advert for a Nish- Nissan Qashqai right whereas like, oh, man. <laughs> you know could, yeah. could, <laughs> I can yeah. see that in like the car commercial the new Toyota Sonata I want yeah. to drive you like an animal <laughs> <laughs> Trent, Trent Reznor's like leather interior on the inside <laughs> ah, yes <laughs> you're welcome Trent take that idea and run with it if you thought oh, you, you, you're like how am I going to make some more money off my tracks there you <laughs> oh man um dosh oh, yeah dosh <laughs> back on track <laughs> uh wow that's loud uh cool guitar solo the melody gets a little annoying though um and amy is a soft one to close out on i found this album to be the least catchy and memorable of the three um mm. and the fact it's sandwiched between two other albums with the exact same sonic qualities and aesthetic uh this made it a foreboding listen because i was like jesus fucking christ i've got two more of these fucking things that being said uh 
onto Trey, which is the next one up for me, which is part three of the 2012 Uno Dos Trey trilogy. Without further ado, Brutal Love. Oh, that's um, not on this one. That's not on this this uh, sheet, uh, without further ado. It's on the second uh, one. God damn it. <laughs> so it's it's this like kind of 50s ballad-inspired track. Uh, Missing You is an upbeat song. Eighth Avenue Serenade. The, the the problem is with the with these albums like i said with the you know 2000s garage rock revival thing it's just too wimpy on the guitar tones from my tastes you know they don't yeah. they don't jump out with the same bombast as their previous works you know that they're like somewhere between clean and distorted without having the yeah. balls to go either of the directions you know i, f- I feel uh, like a lot of that stuff is supposed to sound like gar- garage bands if those garage bands all wore designer clothes yes <laughs> <laughs> the label set this up um yeah yeah drama queen it's at this point the sheer fatigue of consuming three albums that both sound and even look almost exactly the same really began to batter me over the eardrums uh x kid i vibed a little on this one i'm not gonna lie i'm still on you know still i'm on album number three and this is the longest album of the lot (laughs) so i'm like i want to like this but shit um sex drugs and violence ulti punk a little boy named train ulti punk amanda's a catchy song uh walk away out here in the fields I fight for my meals <laughs> because it has that exact same chord sequence. Um, now here, here we go. Uh, Dirty Rotten Bastards uh, includes the melody, which is a clear nod to uh, Toreador song from the opera Carmen, which some of you may know as the music box theme that plays in Five Nights at Freddy's when you are absolutely fucked. Um, oh. yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's when that's when the animatronics uh, wake up they catch you and then they stuff you into a robot suit and you get well while it's not a pleasant experience let me tell you that sunny jim uh 9 revolutions is an upbeat track and the forgotten is a piano ballad closer and just like that i'm limping to the finish line with uno <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was miming sticking my pen up my nose into my brain um oh now i don't number, know math. number 10 if we're on to number 10 now yep cool here we have part one of the 2012 uno dos trade trilogy nuclear family okay good start didn't blow me away but it wasn't a bad opener stay the night it's catchy it's toned back on the guitar tones it's not as bombastic as the previous albums like i said see i'm even repeating myself in my notes this is how it went (laughs) um carpe diem is another catchy one let yourself go is a speedy upbeat one the guitars definitely have a more jangly indie rock feel on these albums kill the dj i remember this when this came out and everybody was like what the fuck they've gone disco i'm not gonna lie it's probably the album's highlight for me so far because it's different you know yeah yeah it it may be it you know you could argue it's cringy but i respect the off the wall change 
and that it didn't go down the route of um, you need a car that's built tough like you. Um, <laughs> uh, fell for you is back down to a slightly watered down Green Day sound. Um, loss of control, not to be confused with the Van Halen song of the same name. Yeah, um, the, the, I, there's got to be. I think once a, an iconic song with a, with a particular name has been created, there has to be some sort of thing that all albums are now run through a, a thing where it goes, eh, you can't call the song that. Yeah, lost control, lost control, lost control. I love that song, but like, yeah. it's, uh, there's just certain things that I'm just like, yeah, don't don't call songs that. Like earlier, there's a song, there's a song called Carpe Diem. That should be a e- phrase that is no longer used in song titles. <laughs> we're we're booting that out. It's already exists a million times. In actual fact, there there is a sizable chunk of this discography where I have thought to myself, I've seen this song title before, yes. even even during the good era, you know. Um, but, but you know, it's the but music at least, I guess it's better than you know the ninety the nineties thing where every single song was one word. You look on yeah. the back of a thing that's like stone break flush. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Those that's were like the summer. <laughs> the uh, the ni- the nineties song titles. Yeah. And you always you always had to sing with all vowels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like that system of a down song. Yeah. We did them way a long time ago, guys. We did system. We of did down. season one. Holy shit! Shit, um, that was a long time ago. Yeah. God, I feel old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I said again, troublemaker. You need a card that's built tough like you. Uh, Angel Blue, Ulti Punk, Sweet 16, Ulti Punk, Rusty James, Ulti Punk, Oh Love, Strong Closer. I actually really like this song. Um, the shame here is that given the slashed and mash treatment, there's probably one album of interesting and good songs, but this trilogy is way too fucking bloated for its own good. Maybe um, they will get a slashed and mash someday. Maybe we can improve this. Perhaps. Um, I think Uno is the strongest of the three, but my God, they did not have to release over two hours of music in one go. Um, Especially when a lot of it felt very undercooked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that is, without further ado... That entire trilogy wrapped up, and we can we made move it. on. <laughs> we made it through Uno Dos Trey. Good night, everybody. Oh, no, wait. We got 10 more to go, or nine more to go. Um, I'm going to quickly move on to my number 10. My number 10 is 21st Century Breakdown from 2009. Um, the second of two concept albums. I'm doing the in quotes here because the concept here is the vaguest fucking thing ever. And yeah. I... They did it. They did it the first time with a concept album, and they, and they, I think they did it perfectly fine. But I just think that, man, you can't. Like, can you think <laughs> of a concept album? Like, I can only think of like Pink Floyd, The Wall, Operation Mindcrime. That's really it for like concept albums that are like good all the way through. Like, I like every Metropolis other Part Two by Dream Theater, but that's okay, well, you know. Then, yeah. Oh, and, but, and the Rush ones, the, you know. Anything but Rush they did, did was, but awesome. they didn't do an entire album. Well, True. I guess, I guess technically you could you could call Clockwork Angels that. I'll give them a pass. But um, I just feel like most <coughs> of the time, most of the time, the concept doesn't. It's unnecessary, and it's really just kind of putting a nice bow on something when it's not that good, you know. Um, yeah, it's just kind of naming the vibe. 
sometimes, yeah. um, isn't it? Like, and I, and the the even worse. Like, I think that American Idiot is is too long, but this is even more bloated and long than that one. Yeah, and and Green Day have leaned more into straightforward pop rock music for the masses, but this time it's supposed to be music for the masses, but with a message. And yeah, that message is take a nap. Um, cause it is pretty <laughs> dull overall and it's got its moments, but man, I gotta, I gotta admit, it seems like they put a whole lot of energy and time into a bunch of uninspired sounding songs, but yet they're presented in a way like it's supposed to somehow feel like revolutionary or something. I, I don't know what the point was here. Um, and it sucks because politically and socially speaking, I'm on their side and I'm on board with hmm. with them. Musically, I'm clearly not the target market here. And um, it eventually just becomes overall background music for me. And at the end of it, it becomes... I, I'm, I'm very proud of this because I wrote this down. Um, it becomes 70 minutes of what is essentially a 21st century letdown. Oh! I'm gonna give myself a hand. Although I also am gonna gonna cross out albums are too long. Albums are too long is getting crossed off of the Crankton ranked bingo card. Um, yeah, I just think 21st Century Breakdown. They didn't need to do this again, and um, it doesn't have the same power or enjoyability or joyability, joy joyness. Whatever the fuck. Um, Enjoy those tray broke my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my that was my number ten, twenty uh, first century breakdown. Also, the fucking title. How fucking generic punk rock is that title? It's like that is, <laughs> that is literally like, hey, can you generate me what what sounds like a punk rock album title that that's really important? How about twenty first century breakdown? Breakdown. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, all right, now I'm down to number nine. Let's keep this shit rolling. Okay, so my number nine is. Revolution Radio. My number nine is also Revolution Radio. Let's camp out on this album. Okay, cool. Uh, so, to me, this album was a welcome return to form. Um, sonically and, you know, more straightforward than, you know, Uno Dos Tre. Enough about those. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's not speak of those again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, somewhere now, right out of the gate, I was like, thank god for this album <laughs> uh bang bang you know fake out quiet intro into an explosive kind of song uh revolution radio is upbeat and memorable say goodbye is a fun stomper uh outlaws arms waving in the air type song uh you know bouncing off the wall this album is way more like it you know i was listening to it and i was comparing it to uno dos tre and i was just happy it didn't fucking sound like those albums because i was yeah. like yeah. you know what this album hell yeah right <laughs> you know uh still breathing it has some good hooks in it young blood has cool vocal harmonies too dumb to die is another catchy happy pop punker troubled times is a laid-back track uh forever now I mean, this album has been a pleasure in comparison to the bloated slog that was the trilogy. 
For, forever now is a fucking psychedelic first song. You don't do that again. That song in an album and an, an, an album too. That just I just think there's certain titles. It just needs to be kicked back to them. Like nope, name it something else. Sorry. I uh, you you know what? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these song titles and see see if I've right. Bang bang is a danger danger song. Uh, I suppose you could say never say goodbye. Um, is a Bon Jovi never song. I mean that's a goodbye. I, I, you lost more than that in my backseat, baby. Um, Outlaws, there's like a hundred rock songs called that. Yep. Uh, uh, one of, one of them. The I think there's a Dangerous Toys song called Outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me started because I will not shut up. I think I got the wrong house. House. <laughs> when are we going to do shut Dangerous Toys? Put, that, put them on the list. Dangerous yeah. Toys going on the list. Holy shit. Can, can, I, can I do the whole thing then? From my hometown okay. of Austin, Texas. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and Very do nice. It sounds like baby, baby, na 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 yeah, J- Jason McMaster <laughs> fucking rules. That that's a band from my hometown of Austin, Texas. Hell and, yeah, uh, and uh, we, yeah, I put them on the list. Not, I mean, who knows when we'll get to them? But Dangerous Toys is now on the list. All right, keep going with the song titles. Where were we doing? Uh, young Young Blood. Uh, I know that that's a White Snake song. Uh, too dumb to die. You know, gives me too young to fall in love vibes. But I'll give it a pass. Uh, Troubled Times. Oh. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Times of Trouble by Temple of the Dog. Again, close, but it gets a yeah, pass. There's, there's got to be a troubled times already. Yeah. Uh, forever now, you just said. Psychedelic verse. Uh, ordinary World. Duran Duran. And many, think- and many other bands. The name is Rio and But I love Ordinary World's a great song. I, I, that's yeah. a great Duran Duran song, but I'm, there's got to be others that are called Ordinary World also. Yeah, Ordinary World is a nice wind down from the album. I'll give it that. You know, honestly, I had a good time listening to this. Um, my experience was, you know, somewhat colored by the fact that I just listened to three, two straight hours of the exact same shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, with that, I, en- it's- I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it as well. It's also my number nine, but it's the first one on the list that like I'm not going to totally rip apart because it was I <laughs> e- even though the title is pretty generic and the album cover is pretty generic. It literally it's it at this point, like why even I don't know why even try. Um, but um, it, it is in certain ways more of the same. You know, they're not breaking any new ground for Green Day here, but. I appreciate this album because it's probably the most energy of anything they've done in this century. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's got some strong tracks too, but I also I also really like the fact that they did do kind of a return to form here, but also not forgetting what they had just done for several albums. So there's yeah. not it's not mm-hmm. just straightforward like punk now. There's punky songs, but there's slower sort of alternative songs because that's what they started doing in the early 2000s. And I like that because if you're going to be a band that I give a shit about, don't write off a certain period of your fucking discography for whatever dumb mm-hmm. reason. Um, because there are fans that are going to like that. And, and usually, I, usually that's me. Whenever a band has a period where they go, oh, that's all the bad albums. That's usually the period where I go, those are some of my favorites, actually. 
Even um, Metallica has a Saint Anger slot. Yeah. During their live shows. Speaking That's, of which, you can tick that off the little bingo card there. We we already <laughs> did Metallica, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I just there, there's um. Nothing on this album that totally wins me back as like a fan where I'm going to be really interested in Green Day, but I have to admit Revolution Radio overall is a pretty good album. So it goes here at number nine. That wasn't that one was from 2016. I don't know if we said that date. I don't know if the dates are important to some of you out there, but just in case. Um, yeah, so that was that was my number nine and your number yeah. nine as well. And now we're okay. two, two number nines. Never number mind. nine large <laughs> and number um, six with extra dip. I'm not going to go seven. I'm not going to go into 45s, that. Number <laughs> cheese and a large soda. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go into why I just commented on. I made that made that reference because yeah, that'll well, be a surprise. Well, you know, you're getting there, man. You're getting there, um, guy. <laughs> so let's move on. Let's move on to number. Oh, by the way, um, if you see this cool cup here, holy uh, shit! A, uh, a a friend of the family made this for me as a Christmas present. And, wow. uh, and it's got like my socials on it and some skulls and then that, you know, and it's a really like, it's really good quality. And, uh, dude, I want one. <laughs> I'll let her, I'll let her know. I'll be like my co-host on cranked and rank would like one as well. <laughs> hey. um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So now I have my own little personal cup. That I'm gonna that's drink awesome. Out of. Huh? Anyway, sorry. This is literally how long have we been doing this? Oh, we haven't reached an hour yet, so that's good. <laughs> um, the real question is, who's gonna make it through an, an ultra long Green Day episode? I, I, I should put like, remind me when we get to the end, and I'm gonna put in a little Easter egg of like hmm. something in particular. And I go, if you can tell me what I said at this particular moment at the end of the show, you win one of my socks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Soiled um, undies, because <laughs> I have a few of those socks where you know the, the the other one gets worn out, and I just have the one. You know, I don't need it yeah. anymore. Anyway, let's move on to number eight. <laughs> cool. So, my number eight is twenty first century breakdown. Okay. Okay. So uh, this is the second of their kind of rock opera uh, era albums, uh, and. I'm just going to dive right in because it's a pretty chunk, pretty big old chunky boy. Uh, Song of the Century is a little prologue thing. Um, and then you get 21st Century Breakdown. I got about halfway through ranking this discography before I got... Curiosity got the better of me. And I went and listened to Father of All Motherfuckers after American Idiot. And it gave me a case of whiplash I can only imagine I could potentially sue for, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> Especially when I went back to this album and this is the first song I'm greeted with, you know. Yeah. It's it's a great song. It blends the punk sound with the grand rock opera vibe really well. Um secondly, we or or thirdly rather, uh we have Know Your Enemy, not to be confused with the Rage Against Rage Machine, Against Machine song of the same title. Probably tons of other songs. Yeah, like, it's a great catchy song uh, with hooks aplenty, but it is not... <laughs> you know? Yes, I know uh, my enemies. We haven't done Rage Against the Machine yet either. We'll get to that shit. Shit, we haven't. Damn, that's yeah. that's one of those bands where I'm like, or, we've or done these, those guys. These days, they should be called Rage for the Machine. <laughs> you know, because, like, I don't understand bands or capitalism or anything. 
All of which are American dreams. Damn right. And I like those dreams. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Viva La Gloria is a full-blown piano ballad that explodes into an upbeat punk track. I apologize for uh, I keep making clicking sounds with my pen. Um, I'm being really annoying on today's episode. I'm sorry about that, guys. It, it's okay. I'm, I'm not I'm not hearing it because <laughs> okay, thankfully good. the Zoom is going to take care of that. <laughs> It'll be it's a like, podcast I'm, side of things. It'll be clicky pin. People, God damn it. And I'm not going to edit it out. I'm not editing it. I'm not. This, this is where it just looks like this. Like, I can, I can hear your pin, though. Yeah, I know. No, what, what I, I was, I was doing like me so speaking, but they're just being. Yeah, yeah, but like I'm talking over it so you can't hear it. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before the lobotomy, Green Day's hooks for the most part, are pretty damn infectious. Um, Christian's Inferno, the the Aussie-esque evil laugh on this is pretty funny. Um, Last Night on Earth is a pretty ballad. East Jesus Nowhere, cool. Peacemaker, acoustic-led rocker. <laughs> Peacemaker, Last- I think peace is Peacemaker. There's a, I think that's a song. There, this is lesser known, but there's a song by Cephalic Carnage, and I think it's called Peacemaker, and I really like it. Anyway. Hey man, it's it's a uh, it's it's taken, guys. There's Jeez. there's other there's other songs called that too, but yeah. Um, okay, so we we've got uh, Last of the American Girls. It's pretty cool. Uh, Murder City is an upbeat track. Um, Fever La Gloria, little girl. Uh, tell me you came out in 2007 without telling me you came out in 2007. The <laughs> spooky emo aesthetic is practically dripping off of this song if not this whole album. Um, Restless Heart Syndrome, it's power ballad time. Horseshoes and Hand Grenades is this rockin' pounder. Uh, (laughs) The Static Age, more great hookage. 21 Guns. Misfits. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a nod, though. I think that was kind of a purposeful, self-aware thing. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, 21 Guns. This is a hugely successful, big, epic ballad. But here's my was thing. It, was it a was it a hit song? I thought it was a. It didn't really do much for them. But maybe I'm judging wrong. by judging by its Spotify numbers. It's like their most played song. That's one of oh, them. Dang. Okay. All right. Who, what the fuck? Hey, do let, I let me double check this shit because uh, either I'm I'm off my head or <laughs> who knows? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> one of them. Uh, here's where we go to the internet. There's that should be a one of the squares too. Here's where we go to the internet. It is their sixth most played song. Can I can I guess what their number one is? What's that? Basket case. It is basket case. Okay, you, you know what, what num- number two is? Number two is uh, "Wake Me When September Ends." Uh, no, that's uh, fifth. Okay, what's second? Okay. Second's "American Idiot." Okay. Third is "Good Riddance." time of your life oh man i should i would have guessed that would be number one now that i'm thinking about it but yeah <laughs> something unpredictable in the end it's right copyright strike here we go <laughs> that was too good uh right right um huge epic ballad you just know though listening to 21 guns you just know they definitely listened to my chemical romance's black parade and thought we'll have a crack at something like that um because the guitar harmonies or guitar monies, as I call them yeah. nowadays, um, are very much in that vein. Uh, and this I've never heard that released. album. 
Have you not? I've heard the you, song, and to be yeah, completely but, honest, the mm-hmm. song makes me exhausted. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> there's too much. Like I don't know what it is. Every time I hear that song, I go, "Woo! Can we do something else? This is like too much." <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just know all, all you have to do to get an e- e- uh, like an emo kid's attention is just go, "Bing!" And then they're like, "Do do do." So if you're ever trying to hump one down, just like, and you're in the woods, just go, "Bing!" Mm-hmm. There he is. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's um, yeah, American eulogy, uh, mass hysteria slash modern world. First half is cool, but the modern world half is a banger. Uh, and see the light is a good closer. All in all, I enjoyed this album. It's it is a bit bloated and um, pretty long, but considering the fact that I sat through Uno Dos Trey, <laughs> yeah, it's dwarfed by it by one whole hour. So um, yeah. 21st Century Breakdown has some thoroughly enjoyable moments, but it is a bloated rock opera. That being said, full full major malfunction there. Over to you. I need to start talking for a sec. All right. (laughs) Um, My number eight, an album I liked a lot more than you, Father of All Motherfuckers from uh, 2020, their most recent album. And... I know when this first came out and the first song was released, it was one of those things where the trend was everybody putting up YouTube videos of them reacting to it going, what the fuck is this? And I'm all like, <laughs> great. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, and then when I finally heard the album, I was like, you know what? Like this far along in their career, they didn't need to do anything different. And they did anyway. And um, not only like the music, which like uh, a lot of times has like almost like gr- a glam rock sound, at times and then billy joe's singing is a little bit different on this i'm like oh that's really interesting too that his his approach was different on this Mm. and they may sound like a different band at times which i i I would say but i enjoy this band for now if they did another album of this i'd be like yeah you did that um yeah some of the songs though like we talked about they do sound like they're made for hip commercials for modern teens um, yeah, it, I think there's just a there's a layer of cheese there that yeah. you know even I <laughs> can't get past you know yeah and I like I, fucking poison <laughs> yeah but I I really appreciated the energy and brevity of this album because all of these things the 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 title of the album the cover of the album the shift to doing something that that wasn't expected uh, the 26 minute running time this seems like the most punk thing they've done in years like it's fair it seems just like fuck you here's what our album sounds like and you know it's like and that's that is a thing that they are a band that you know like them or not where do you think some of their stuff's generic or whatever they are they've they seem like a band that is, has constantly been honest about who they are and what they're wanting to do. And they've never fucking backed down. Like, I remember at one point there was a big deal about like, you know, Walmart wanted to like have edited versions of their albums in order to sell them. And they, they were like, no, fuck you. We're not just don't sell our album then. Yeah. And a lot of bands would not do that. But um, and especially this father of all motherfuckers, you can't even like sh- the title would have to. Well, I guess the title was probably censored on the album cover. But anyway, <laughs> I wouldn't I don't necessarily want to go back and listen to this album again, but I wasn't bored and there were parts that I liked. And overall, I was like, yeah, good on you for doing this album that 
some people hated, um, but still <laughs> had some good energy in it. So my number eight is uh, father of all motherfuckers. Fair. So uh, my number seven is American Idiot. Which all right, not my number seven. Be, so I'm not joining in with you. Yeah, it would be a lot of people's number one, depending on when you grew up. And, sure. Uh, this is of my generation. This this is, um, you know, this is my generation's Green Day. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it, American Idiot. There's, I'm not gonna lie, I fucking love it. I love that song. It's an iconic yeah. song. Great opening track. Um, and you know, poppy as it is, it's punk as fuck at the same time. Uh, Jesus of Suburbia, big ass rock opera stuff right here, clocking in at nine minutes and eight seconds. Lots yeah. of different cool parts in this song, really cool. Um, Holiday, uh, I remember seeing the video for this a lot back when I watched the Kerrang channel back in my early teens. It's a good song, uh, yeah. cool riffs and catchy vocals. Uh, same goes for Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but it's a ballad. Um, love the tasteful lead melodies in the verses. Those do, yeah, doo-doo. like I love that. Um, I like the I like the riffy part at the end. Yeah, it's like it's just the it's a nice little. It's like it's pretty heavy for Green Day that part of the song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um they're one of those bands that can bust something like that out quite sparingly, but it's very effective when they do it. Sure. Um. Are We The Waiting is an anthemic track with a cool double time shift in it. St. Jimmy is cool. Give Me Novocaine is an acoustic-led rock ballad. She's a Rebel, Extraordinary Girl, really cool songs. Uh, Letter Bomb, Trey Cool's drumming fucking rules, man. Like, he doesn't do crazy technical shit, but he knows what fits where for the type of music they play. Yeah, he when, once we get to talking about their first album when they have a different drummer, you really hear the difference that Trey brought to the band because he is yeah. a solid fucking drummer. Like he's not flashy, but he is but up there he, with those dudes that is holding the shit down. So yeah, yeah, that their rhythm section is is fucking killer. Absolutely um, agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, poor man. Um, I don't know like I was saying, wake me up when September ends. Um, the iconic ballad that's become a meme every October 1st since its release in 2004. <laughs> uh, guess we gotta go wake Billy Joe Armstrong up. Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really funny. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, like I was saying... Um, and there's and there's always those people in the comments section that are like, "Don't you realize it's not a happy song? Why do you, why do you have to bring that up all the time?" <laughs> Guys, nine eleven was bad. Um, <laughs> homecoming, uh, another long ass track coming in at <laughs> nine minutes and twenty seconds. Um, and what's her name? Uh, I like the Western guitar leads. It's a cool closer. Honestly, it's a really solid album. It's just yeah. that aesthetically, I prefer uh, another era of Green Day's material. And with that, uh, I'm going to hand it back over to you because we have cracked the uh, halfway mark. All right. Um, my number seven, this was uh, I the last album of theirs that I bought when it came out and was kind of my ending of my relationship with them because this one got old to me really quickly 
Uh, number seven is Warning from 2000. Okay. Which, when it first which is came my number out, six. So. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's their, it's their sixth album, and um, I, at this point, I was a Green Day fan. And um, when this came out, I appreciated the change in sound. Um, I was like, oh, hmm. it's, it's interesting. It's like a lot of it's acoustic, and even the stuff that's more rocking, it's there's minimal distortion. It's almost just like Green Day decided, you know what? We're a pop punk band. Now here's just a pop album. And uh, like it's, it's kind the, of folky folk punk at, at times. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I enjoyed listening to this album again because I don't think I'd listened to it all the way through since 2000 or 2001, probably. And it really feels like an album that they needed to do almost like a reset because yeah. I feel like they would have continued repeating themselves like they've kind of started to do. Um, well, I guess they didn't with Father of All Motherfuckers. So they're really good at throwing things, uh, at, at resetting for themselves when they need to. But yeah. um, I just, uh, yeah, because I think that, that that albums like this and American Idiot, I think that it's why this band has become so big and will remain big because they have the classics but they also are a band that keep that seems to know how to keep things fresh for themselves, and hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, overall, the warning is a, it's a lighter affair, a little bit less enjoyable than what they had done before in my for my taste. But it still has enjoyable moments. I saw some really catchy parts in it, and um, probably my my biggest gripe about this one is that it, even though it does feel like you know let's do something different, let's reset. I really feel like it was done in a sort of there. They were kind of unsure of where to go, because if you think about what was happening in music in the year 2000, the pop punk crown had been snatched off their heads by yeah. Blink-182 and everything else was new metal and stuff like that. So maybe this album was kind of a fuck you to what was going on in popular music. But it the problem is yeah. it just wasn't a very potent <laughs> fuck you. Um but yeah, I think the the idea of this album and the presentation of this album is more interesting to me than the actual songs a lot of the times. But uh, it, I, I, I found myself really feeling this last time listening to this that it feels like closing the book on 90s Green Day and it feels like th- it's almost like an album long in credits roll. Like this is Green yeah. Day of the 90s. The credits are rolling and we're hearing the album warning play as the credits yeah. roll and then starting with american idiot i guess you get the sequel you know green day part two we're in the 2000s now um but yeah i just uh i like this album but it's not a go-to for me but listening to it i go there's a there's a quality to the album that's undeniable and i like just like with father of all motherfuckers i just like it when they do a little something different so it's my number seven and your number six Cool. So yeah, warning. My number six. Uh, so I'm gonna kick this right off with the track by track. Uh, warning is an acoustic-led, catchy-ass song. Blood, sex, and booze is this bouncy alt punker. Uh, Church on Sunday has a '50s rock and roll running through its veins, and that uh, baseball organ sort of sound is a nice touch too. Mm-hmm. Fashion Victim is a swingy kind of track. Uh, Castaway again has that throwback 50s rock and roll feel to it uh misery 
I've had a weird thing where the term lot lizard didn't exist in my vocabulary until this week, and now it's everywhere. I hear it everywhere. Um, (laughs) Like when you spend an hour looking for that one specific nice car in GTA, only for there suddenly to be like seven of them in the same place. That's what I've had with lot lizard. Um, Anyway. (laughs) GTA. I'm crossing off GTA. There it is. Oh, I always got to throw one one reference on my in bingo there. card. Hey, uh, Deadbeat Holiday is a cool song. Uh, hold on, there's some stomps and claps in there. It's made for the live shows, isn't it? Um, Jackass is a fun song. Uh, Waiting is another fun song. Minority is a really catchy song. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the singles. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Macy's Day Parade is a nice closer. Honestly, this is a in, an enjoyable album and yeah. a necessary step in their discography i 100 percent agree uh with the credits rolling on one era of the band yeah and you know american idiot is effectively part two of the story yeah it's it's weird to me i always i i never knew growing up like i always thought like dookie was the first album and then there was uh nimrod and then there was american idiot i didn't realize there were this many in the 90s so uh, yeah this yeah. was uh yeah learning experience for me i'm having a good time <laughs> mm-hmm. cool i like to play my uh my number six um is the 1997 album nimrod mm-hmm. which is their fifth album um i i actually saw them on this tour and it was all it's ah. always a very interesting thing for me because I was a really big fan of the album Insomniac. So when Nimrod came out, I quickly bought it. And I remember there not being much of a hype for the album. There was music videos, but it wasn't a big hype. And then they announced Mm. their tour and they were coming through and playing a club, essentially. And I was like weren't they just playing arenas last year? And now they're coming through and doing a club show. I mean, it was a bigger club, but it was still a club. Um, And so I went to go see them. So I got to see green day, like post them blowing up. And it was just me in a mosh pit five feet away from, you know, from, from Billy Joe. And they put on a fucking great show. And I was just like, yeah, I, I, I was, I was a big fan of this album. And I remember like I really liked the and still do like the variety of songs on this, but I remember when the album came out, I was always making mixtapes for friends, and mm-hmm. the song that I was putting on everybody's mixtape was "Good Riddance, The Time of Your Life," and I'm all like, if they release this fucking thing as a single, this album's gonna blow up. You watch me, you mm-hmm. watch, and guess what? <laughs> yeah. Not not only that, not only did it become really popular, I think it became popular a second time. Because it was started getting used in like TV shows and stuff in the early 2000s, and then it got yeah. even bigger. So, <laughs> but so so they recovered from I guess the slump from Insomniac and you know and, and Nimrod with with one of their biggest hits ever. And it's been but, played um, at every high school graduation ever since. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the this album is 50 minutes long, which is very long for a punk album. Yeah. And too too long for this. So, like I said, I appreciate that it's that it's varied, but my problem yeah. is that all the all the songs aren't winners. 
And so it's it's it, it it is one that could have been pared down and made even stronger. I feel like I don't remember how many tracks are on like sixteen or something like that, and it could have been you know chop it down to twelve at least, and I think it could have been fucking killer all the way through. But mm. that being said, I do think some of their best stuff is on this album. I just think there's some other stuff that's just kind of mad or kind of same old, same old. Um, one of my favorite moments in this entire album, and this is probably one of yours too, is the chorus on the song Take Back. Because he essentially sounds like Jeff Walker from Carcass. He's going, yeah. black, take. And I was like, every time I hear that song, I go, God damn it, that's genius that he decided to do it that way. Because yeah. he didn't have to. He did not yeah. have to. I was actually, I was kind of shocked that when I, I looked at it, I looked at the play counts of all of the songs on Nimrod and it is shockingly like a whole million below everything else. I'm like, why? It's like I the don't know. best. It's one it's of the so, best moments. <laughs> it's so good, but I love the way he does that chorus. That's still one of those things where I Take like if I, back. If I was like really good friends with the band and with with Billy Joe, I, I would be like, hey, if I come see you guys in concert, can you please just please do Take Back, okay? <laughs> Cuz it's it's one of my favorites just because it's like there's no and it's and it's so great because like there's that there's the really aggressive almost death metal style chorus followed by a song that has fucking a horn section in it and I'm just yeah. like that's why this album is good it may yeah. not be a hundred percent winners but the sort of fuck it let's just do a little bit of everything vibe on this album is what makes it really good and yeah. so uh, yeah that's why it's my number six Nimrod from 1997 very nice. Well, my number five is Nimrod from 1997. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of, it's all over the place stylistically, but it, you know, even though it could do with some fat trimming, it's still really good when it shines, you know? Yeah. Um, Nice guys finish last, up-tempo opener, hitching a ride, swingy one. Uh, The Grouch, love this. Redundant is a ballady rocker. I love that Scattered, one. I love yeah. that one. Me too, man. Uh, Scattered is a fun, speedy track. All the time is is punky. Worry Rock is this mid-tempo rocker. Uh, Platypus, I hate you. Uh, skank beat punkage. Yeah. Uh, uptight. Wow, great bass. Uh, Last right <laughs> in is a is a cool viber. Um, Jinx. Trey loves his crash symbol, doesn't he? Uh, uh, Haushinka loves... He loves his toms, too. Uh, Walking Alone has some harmonica on it, which would, you know, you'd hear more of on Warning. Uh, Reject is a speedy punker. Take Back is very dark and punky, almost thrashy, complete with totally gnarly growled vocals. (laughs) Uh, King for a Day, closest thing to ska punk they ever did. Uh... Good riddance, time of your life. Two ballad songs. Sorry, bracket songs. Oh, wait, oh, wait, bracket songs. Bracket songs. Bracket songs. Bracket songs. He's he's got his brackets going. Um, All right. I'm I'm nowhere near having a bingo, but, you know, I'm doing my best. Hey, man, we're taking them off bit by bit. Uh, But, yeah, good riddance, time of your life is a beautifully composed song like holy yeah. shit for for a band that did basket case to bust this out like what a fucking way to announce yeah i'm actually just a really 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 good songwriter 
And you, know? and you know what? I'm not going to, I'm just going to throw this out there and, and I, I don't mean to offend, um, uh, e- emos, emos of the early two thousands, which in, would include my, my wife really. Cause she's into a lot of that stuff. Um, <laughs> Time of your life shits all over Hey There Delilah. Okay? It is a Oh, 100%. Way better song. And I just Holy I, shit. those songs for some reason bring up the same thing for me because they're acoustic, you know, yeah. pop, pop songs, but like comparatively speaking, come on. You can yeah. get rid of that shit. Time tell of you your what life the diff- is a is 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 a fucking masterpiece. I tell you what the difference is. I feel something when I hear Time of Your Life. Yeah. Um Whenever I hear um, "Hey There, Delilah," I think of uh, a grocery store. Uh, I think probably with a lot of those bands, my problem is these the, this day and age. Whenever I hear the song, I go, "Has has the singer of this band been caught for molesting people yet?" <laughs> because like it seems like every single emo band now has one member that has molested somebody, stalked somebody, Jesus, uh, beaten man. somebody. Like, it's like, it's like, holy shit, man. These guys are apparently, you know, so in touch with their emotions, apparently uh, didn't keep them in check that well and, and made some really <laughs> shitty decisions. Um, shit, man. Anyway. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, you every single band, like, I'll see a comment like he, you know, this is what he did wrong. I'm like, shit, man. And it's always the emo bands. <laughs> Fiddle riddle diddle. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. F- finally, you get um, prosthetic head. Um, has some cool tempo shifting in it. Honestly, with a bit of fat trimmed, this album could have gone further up the list. Um, yeah. Unfortunately yeah. for it, it is kind of bloated. So with that, uh, back to you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not my number five. That's another one off the list, I'm gonna, people. I'm cross that off of the crank bingo. Still not still not close to getting I don't, I don't think I'm gonna get a bingo this time. My number five is the uh debut album from Green Day, 39 slash smooth from 1990. Nice. And um oh let me go ahead and just get this out of the way. We're getting into Banger Central here, folks. Yep. Um so I'll cross that one out. We're getting into Banger Central. Um because this album, it's got it's uh, John Kiffmeyer on drums. It's not Trey Cool, who we yeah. joined in the second album. But from album number one, you can tell that this band had something. Yes. And, and I always liked that it seemed like pop music played by punk kids, which really you could say that about a lot of punk, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, so really, like, I think this album is killer from beginning to end and the only thing that keeps it you know from being higher is that it doesn't have trey cool the drums are a little wonky at times sorry uh john but they're a little wonky and uh trey brought this solid fluidity to their music Mm -hmm. that was really important to what they were doing but there is a raw enjoyable energy to this album it's a huge great statement for the beginning of their career and it's got one of my favorite probably my favorite green day song of all time which is called going to pa- to pascalacqua yeah and um i love that song absolutely love that song and um 
Yeah, 10 songs, 31 minutes, no filler, a band that is destined for greatness and already above their peers. Other bands that were putting out pop punk in the late 80s, early 90s were not doing it this good. And Mm -hmm. um, there's no, it makes sense that they would blow up and leave all those other fuckers behind. So um, my number five, 39 Smooth from 1998. Whenever I do one of our episodes, by by the way, my number four is 39 Smooth. Sweet. Um, Whenever I do these episodes on bands and stuff, I like to do like a a, a scan of other people's lists and yeah. you know see what the general consensus or or I say general consensus, whatever the uh, you know listicle media will try and tell you is the right order that everything is in. Generally yeah. speaking, you'll get like the odd one here or there that's like way higher or way lower. I found this one to be criminally low in most occasions. Usually bottom bottom spot. Like and I'm like why? Why is that? It's and fucking they're like, great. oh well the they're like, oh well the production it the production this is a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> Since when has punk ever given a fuck about but production? To be, to be fair, though, that being said, <laughs> it still sounds pretty good for what it is for an independent release on a small label, you know? Exactly. L- Lookout right? Records was was not a huge label. Like, here's the thing I was thinking the whole time. I was like, wow, this is like a little secret grunge album, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of has that, like, um, late 80s, early 90s uh, sub-pop feel to it at times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, yeah. At the library is a great catchy opener. Uh, Don't leave me reminds me of a certain kink song with uh, some grungy bits in there too. Uh, I was there. I do love those early '90s jangly punk guitars. I always like the harmonies Green Day do with the vocals as well. Yeah, yeah. even um, even during my fuck pop punk phase, I always had a spot soft spot for Green Day. Uh, Disappearing boy. Uh, Yep, sorry. I second guess myself. Come on, Will. You have more faith in yourself. Then. Disappearing Boy. Love the energy on this album so far. Green Day by Green Day from the album. Oh, they almost did what Black Sabbath did. Damn. Um, yeah, Going to Pasalacqua uh, is a great fun track. Really good. Oh, yeah. 16. I should have better prepared 16 year old me for the shit show the world would be roughly six to eight years later. Uh, that's not really anything to do with the song. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> Road to Acceptance is another fun one. Rest, uh, a bit more of a grungy, slow plotting thing. Very much mm-hmm. enjoy that. Uh, the Judge's Daughter, pretty bitching guitar solo in this one too. See, that's the thing. They'll throw out a guitar solo every now and again. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, go yeah. off, King. Uh, <laughs> there, I mean, honestly, there were there was a, a certain period of pu- of punk rock music in general, late '80s, early '90s. I always throw those uh, throw those dates out there because that's when all the best music was made, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of punk bands had fucking guitar solos. Bad Religion, sh- every song had a fucking guitar solo. No effects had guitar solos. Any band yeah. that was worth a damn, they had some fucking guitar solos. Which very quickly, once it was like, oh no, it's not punk then that's when they all shed that sort of stuff. Actually, I don't think Bad Religion did. I think Bad Religion yeah. still has some guitar solos here and there. That's another band to jump into at some point because Definitely. that's a that's a killer discography right there too. Yeah, it, overall, this album, I love the rawness and youthful energy. Like you said, the drums are a little wonky because um, Trey isn't on, at the throne yet. Yeah. But uh, this album, you know, I love many 
uh, rough debut albums out there because they showcase greatness in its infancy, you know? Uh, and that's a really interesting thing to hear. They've got yeah. something to prove. They're hungry. They're, um, you know, for any lists to have this lower than Uno Dos Trey, frankly, is fucking criminal. And they yeah. need their ears tested. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Fucking um, people, man. <laughs> yep. My, uh, it's a good my thing we're four, right about everything. Yeah. <laughs> my number four, some people would probably think this is too low. Uh, my number four is American Idiot from 2004. Um, okay. This is a good example of an album, though, that I don't find myself wanting to listen to it very often, but I cannot deny that it's a good album. So that's, Me too. Clap. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> so that's why it had to go here. Um, it's a fucking Grammy-winning album. Um, their mm-hmm. seventh album and the start of the 2000s Green Day with them doing something ambitious and um, kind of a rebirth for the band with the concept album and the longer songs where there are parts that sound very much like Green Day, but also they're incorporating new things that they had never done before, a la songs like Boulevard of Broken Dreams. It's pretty new territory for them. Um, but it's a more mature and refined Green Day on this, which I enjoy. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it's really like uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a step forward for the band and, you know, really was the, you know, the album that I think they needed this album and the success of this album to, to make that step over into like, what do you call it? Like a like a legacy type band where all of a sudden, like you have enough quality shit under your belt that you're now set doing big tours, playing arenas for the rest of your life because you've done enough. You know, there's a lot of bands like that that have made that, they made that tip right over to where like, oh, now now you're, you're, you'll be good enough to where you're set for life playing big shows and people will always come. And this is, I think yeah. American Idiot was the last piece of that puzzle of them being that kind of band, which is great, great for them. You know, I'm, I'm very happy for them. Um I do have to admit, though, that the um, the reason why this isn't a really big go-to for me is because I think there are some amazing songs on here. But I think what I enjoy about the album is more about the sum of its parts than the actual songs themselves. Right. I enjoy the presentation and the different, the different vibes on some of the songs. But um, it's undeniable that it's good. Mm. So... Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's a really important album for the band, and if somebody put this at number one, I wouldn't fault them for it. I just think that Green Day had a sound that mm-hmm. they, you know, they sounded they sounded like Green Day, but very quickly they it was such an infectious sound that there were all these other bands that sounded just like Green Day, and yeah. that's not what American Idiot sounds like. So I think putting this album at number one is kind of selling selling them short a little bit of like what they actually accomplished because um mm-hmm. it's a great album but they did they did three of the green day style that i think are unfuckwithable classic pop punk albums and so that's where we're getting into for my top three so let's let's start with your i think we have the same do we have the same top three we have the we same, have the top, same three. top three. Oh my god nice. everybody is it hey. going to be are we gonna match up we we might fuck i don't know let's find out all right here we go everybody we, here we go we we very well may match up indeedy 
so my number three is Kerplunk. We, we matched up so far, ladies and gentlemen. My number three hey. is also Kerplunk from 1991. Okay, so um, phew, without further ado, uh, two thousand light. God damn it! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so two thousand light years away is a fun opener. Uh, one for the Razorbacks is a good one-two punch so far. Yeah. Welcome to Paradise. Make that three. Uh, Christy Road. As this like half ballady jangly one rather nice actually um yeah private ale brings it back up a bit uh dominated love slave is like a funny hillbilly I bdsm be your dominated love slave yeah i want to be the one who takes yeah. pain <laughs> <laughs> sung uh, by trey yeah. cool yep yeah it's, it's it's good fun you know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek feeling dirty and i love <laughs> feeling cheap anyway uh, <laughs> uh one of my lies uh that's a, that's a punk, punk chord sequence if ever i've heard it yep uh 80 wow great bass uh <laughs> and give some, some props to mike dirt 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 yes his dirt. last name mike dirt Dun, dun, dun. His last his last name sounds like hitting a bass a bass note. Dirt, 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 dirt. This is about the bass, and I go. Do the Seinfeld theme. Dun, dun, we can't be the first people that have said his last name sounds like hitting a bass note. Dirt. I like. It has to be somewhat intentional. He's right? going gonna to pop up and be like, actually, it's pronounced dirt. <laughs> well, at least it's not gent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, where was I? Uh, Android, speedy. Um, no one knows. Ah, this is something they beat someone else to. Uh, not no to be confused knows. with the Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a plodding kind of ballady track. Chorus on a bass guitar. Yes, for me. Uh, who wrote Holden Caulfield? I like that halftime kind of bit in the later half of the song. Uh, take a shot every time I say half. Um, <laughs> and words I might have ate. Acoustic? Cool. Works for a closer. This already, as an album, shows a maturity from their previous effort, but it still mm -hmm. has that it's kind of like Ride the Lightning, where they're kind of between being quite raw, but also gearing up for a, a banger. But yeah. that it's in that zone where they're like, they have the confidence now, but still the rawness. I um, would agree. I would agree with that. And uh, so, yeah, being as we matched up, now it's time yeah. for your take. So, yeah, also my number three, I don't have a lot to add. This is the first one where I, they have the full off, full on, full on Green Day sound with Trey Cool on board. And it yes. sounds, it's a great fucking album, an improvement from their first one in pretty much every way possible. Um, um, it's, it's clear, though, I, you know, he, hearing this album again in, you know, after several years, in hindsight, you, I hear it and I go, their music deserved better production. And so once they mm. got signed to a major, I'm like, ah, that's what they're supposed to sound like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's just, uh, it's an absolute pop punk classic. But it's a mm -hmm. pop punk classic that I feel like they would beat um, two times in a row. 
Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, this is another one that I feel like old school pop punkers, if they put this album at number one, it's another one where I would go, I don't disagree with you. Um, yep. cause it's, it's a solid classic album of the, of the genre. And so it's also my number three. And now we'll, we will find out if we match up with our number twos, which would mean that we also matched up with our number ones, which would be a hell of an end for this episode. But let's, uh, you probably can't hear it. Cool. I can hear it. I can hear it subtly. If, okay. if I, right. that was a yeah. drum roll with, with the fingers. <laughs> okay. So my number two is insomniac. Yes. We have we, a three-way matchup. We have matched up on our twos, three twos and ones. Um, nice. My number two is also Insomniac from 1995. But I have to before before you get into it, I have to say this is my favorite Green Day album. But I yeah. could not deny a lot of the things I'll talk about for Dookie. But my number two okay. is Insomniac. But it is it's the only one I own on vinyl. I, oh, so wow. that's why I didn't even. That's why I didn't even bother to bring it out. Oh, oh, got to cross off vinyl. Vinyl. Okay, got, vinyl man, we're still, countdown. we're still not close. God damn it! All right, anyway, all right, wow. let's go ahead and talk about Insomniac. Okay, so Insomniac, uh, Armitage Shanks, is just a blast. It's a great beginning. See, I I always know. Uh, that it's a good album because you uh, immediately interrupt me with whatever music is on it. <laughs> I just lo- I fucking love the yeah. energy of this album. And like, and it's they, fantastic. They, they, I read in their wiki that they drank a shitload of coffee and tried to like be as aggressive as possible in their playing and their and you. I think it really comes across. It it, it, it just shows. sounds. It just sounds <laughs> like a band, like a fucking freight train running through everything. You know, with their music. Yeah, anyway. so much of this, uh, so much of this album. Of course, it was coffee that made this album because holy shit, so <laughs> and much Somniac. of it is just did get did did get did just way up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I said, Armitage Shanks is a blast of upbeat door kicking down mm-hmm. poppy punkage. Uh, Brat is short and sweet. Stuck with me, you know. So far, keeping that upbeat pop punk vibe going. Great yeah. energy going on there. Uh, Geek stink breath. Thankfully, this song doesn't stink. Uh, <laughs> no pride. Shifting gear back up to the fast tempos again. Mm-hmm. What happened? Nothing. I'm just hearing Nirvana unplugged really loudly from the neighboring room. Hmm. And as far that's, as I know... That's nice. Uh, yeah. I'm not really sure who's in the front room right now because my nan's usually in there and I can't see her listen, watching Nirvana Unplugged. <laughs> Maybe she's finally going through her grunge phase. If I walk out there and she's in a flannel, man, I'm going to flip. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, where was I? Bob's uvula who? Uh, Bab- this Babs. Album's a- ah, sorry, Babs. Sorry, I fucked up there. Which is a reference to a Saturday Night Live sketch from the 70s. Ah, I, I, yeah. I have yet to do a, a 70s Saturday Night Live deep dive. I think it might actually be from the first season because it has Chevy Chase in it. And Chevy Chase was only in one season of Saturday wow. Night Live. Anyway, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen. Fun fact. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this album's a great time so far. 
86. My ADHD ass is having a blast with this album. It's just every second is just fucking crammed with musical content, you know? Yeah. Like even the drum rolls are like, fucking love it. Panic song, the album's longest. Yes. And the funny thing is, the panic song, the album's longest track, clocking in at the length of a standard pop song, which is punk as hell. Uh, And, the, and, it's, and the, be- the beginning of that song is so like not what Green Day was known for, because it's mm. literally this buildup where you if you didn't know, you wouldn't know that it was Green Day until he starts singing in that song. Literally. And yeah. that song is probably got I love the lyrics on Insomniac overall, but I think that song has the, the first line of the chorus is one of it's probably in my top 10 favorite lines ever written in a song, which is the. Um, and the world is a sick machine breeding a mass of shit. Like, I just love <laughs> the way he, he sings it in kind of like a happy way. But just like, I just, I'm just like, man, his lyrics were so fucking good on this yeah. album. And um, I love the idea of like an upbeat pump, pop punk album where the, the lyrics are all very like. Society is cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just very, it's just very like the opposite of what the music would lead you to, yeah. to want to sing about, and uh, and I love it. My dog is dead. Yeah, that that's great. Yeah, I love the energy of this album, and it doesn't let up. Stuart and the Av. Wow, great bass. <laughs> Brain Stew, fucking great song. And Jaded, fucking great song part two. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so much I so that I agree. they had two music videos and they jammed them together for, you know. But still, it's the way, it's still only like a three minute song anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Westbound Sign. I'm criminally late to the 90s Green Day party, man. I am such a fool. Uh, Tightwad Hill, more punky goodness. Walking Contradiction is a bouncy closer. Best way to follow up a classic, double down. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, we can do it again. (laughs) But but expanding the sound on it, though, because we talk about Panic Song and, like, Geek Stink Breath and... um, uh, uh, the other one, the fucking one we just talked about. Um, yeah. I never, I can't, what happened in my brain right now? That's that one song. Um, there's a, they, I remember when this album came out, like I was immediately just like, Oh, this is so good. Like they just did, they just topped everything they did on the last album and Mm. it didn't, a lot of people didn't like it. And I'm like, what Mm. is not to like about this album? And even that, now that I listen to it, because I've heard it many, many times over the years, I've learned that a thing that keeps it fresh for me is the fact that it isn't chock full of hits. So it's mm. so whereas like Dookie, we'll get onto that one in a minute. This one like maintains this energy because even the songs that were singles, I don't hear that much. And so this just to me is a is a much more enjoyable album. And I just, it's great. I just think it's absolutely solid. It'd be the one that if like, if you're not into Green Day and you are trying to get into Green Day, I'm like, just start with Insomniac. Cause it's just like, yeah, it's got the poppiness. It's got a good, it's got good energy. It's not very long. 
Um, it's just uh, and it's, it's not a crammed kit. full of the big songs that you're probably sick of hearing. <laughs> no, no, it's just a it's just a great one. And um, and like I said, it's my favorite. But I could not be honest with myself and and put it at number one because number one had to be Dookie, and it's Dookie. our joint number one Green Day album. Let's talk about it. Uh, I just want to you know before we get into this you see how like what a fucking pivot we've done from like the bottom albums <laughs> to just absolutely gushing now like about these albums like it's like the, it's that, like the helmet episode all over again yeah which was you know like we said all winona writer's fault you're great in stranger <laughs> things but you ruined helmet uh, <laughs> yeah at this, at this point i'm i'm I, i'm a fan of winona writer and not helmet so you know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like like I said, Dookie <laughs> certainly ain't Dookie if you ask me. <laughs> nope, nope. Um, I mean, Burnout it just opens with a bang, short and sweet. Uh, you know, having a blast is a great upbeat song. Chump is just them further refining their sound. Longview, iconic drum pattern and bass combo. And but yeah, like, hell yeah. Ding 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 ding. ding. So good. Um, welcome to Paradise. More fun, upbeat, rocking stuff. Love the chromatic I, breakdown. Do you? Which version do you like better of Welcome to Paradise? I like the Dookie version better than the Kerplunk version. I like the Dookie version. Yeah, it just yeah. gets because, like I said, their sound needs this kind of production, and it just it sounds yeah. perfect. It's an album that still sounds amazing. However many years later, it's it's almost 30, almost 30 years later. Yeah, I feel like, you know, generally speaking, we don't like to re-record your material on this show. But I feel like if you have a song that's good enough within like a couple albums, you, you know, you can be like, oh, OK, we'll do what Faith No More did and, and give this album the major label treatment, you know? Yeah, we, I, I just. We care, yeah, I was just we saying care like, a lot yeah. went from boom, boom. To dirt, dirt. <laughs> yeah, I would say there's there are certain exceptions, but I do think that the only one of the only times that I really am forgiving about re-recording songs is if you are making that jump from an indie to a major, and you, yeah, there there is a song that's very a very strong song for you, and you can present it better. Mm-hmm. Then uh, then by all means do it, but like once you're an established band and you go back and re, I'm so, no no no, just, just stop stop that shit. I don't want to hear any version of Rock You Like a Hurricane that doesn't sound like do, 1984. Do you think this counts? There's one square that says, oh, cover songs. Do you think that that counts here? Because I don't know if, uh, it, if it, that was referring to actual cover songs or bands covering their own songs. I'm going to go ahead and cross it out. Well, I, th- isn't there a no re-record? Isn't there a re-recording stuff? There could one? be. Maybe it's on the other card. I think so, so yeah. So I won't cross that out then because I think it's supposed to be us not liking cover songs. Not bands covering their own songs. Um, did Green Day ever anyway. do a cover song? They did Shenanigans, right? I don't Shenanigans. Is that from? Is that a cover song? No, that's an that's an album, but it's it's a that's, cover that's song. B-side. That's B sides. No, it's B sides. It? There's B sides on it. Yeah, well, it's I don't, got, it's not, it had a cover on it. I remember seeing. It probably maybe. does. I keep, for some reason I can't think of cover of a cover song that they did at this point. But uh, yeah. Let me, uh, let me double check to that To the shit. internet. Because this, this, this episode is not long enough. 
<laughs> shenanigans. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. Shenanigans uh, yep. is a is a compilation album by American rock band Green Day, released on July 2nd, 2002 by Reprise Records. The album contains B-sides, rarities, covers, there we go, and uh, previously unreleased track, Ha Ha, You're Dead. Uh, oh, <laughs> strikingly similar to Surprise! <laughs> you're dead! What's the yeah, cover um, song on it? Can you can you see what the cover song did, is on I, it? Uh, oh, shit, hang on, sorry, I closed the tab. Damn it, Unclosed Eddie. the tab. Uh, 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 <laughs> there's a, have you ever heard that track there's a track on the first Old Dirty Bastard album where it's just him going you remember back in the day you used to do this uh, 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 <laughs> and he, he does it for like a really long time <laughs> oh, um, oh yeah I, here, here it is here's the cover I heard today Tired of Waiting for You, uh, written yes. by DBs, originally performed by the Kinks. There we I go. believe, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was on the soundtrack to the movie Private Parts about Howard Stern. Ah. Yes. I think. I think. Howard Stern anyway. movie Private Parts, yes. Back to Dookie. <laughs> yes, Dookie. Yeah. Uh, Dookie, right. That's, yes, by Dookie. the way, that's a, that's a word that makes my daughter laugh every time, so... <laughs> So much, Dookie. so much so that we we started to we started to a, a, a game. It was this, this was last year when we were going to and from school. When whatever song would come up, we would try to put the word Dookie in the title to make it funny. And so uh, <laughs> we haven't been doing that this year. She's 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 matured, but you know, me it, me and my friends used to do a similar thing, but like fully grown. But we'd replace it with uh, in my ass. So like oh. <laughs> we'd put in my ass at the end oh, the, probably the, be the best one I ever heard was 10,000 fists in my ass by disturbed <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was probably the winner um, but yeah l like I say uh, <laughs> uh, basket case uh, sorry wait where was I uh, welcome to paradise great song pulling teeth it almost ballady rock song and yeah. then here we have the crown jewel in the crown that is Dookie with the absolute banger, what a classic, Basket Case. Yep. This is one of those songs that I never get sick of. It's immune to overplay for me. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 in a league of tracks that I will just... It takes... You would literally have to blast this full volume for a year for me to get sick of it, <laughs> you know? Um, she... Uh, Trey Cool, Killing It on the Drums, Sassafras Roots is a fun song. When I Come Around, I can't help I love, but feel nostalgia for an I era that. I sadly missed. That, yeah, to, like, be, to be fair, that is that is a song that makes me feel nostalgic. That that There's a feeling I get when I listen to When I Come Around that reminds me of the early 90s. So Yeah, it makes me feel like uh, the 90s high school experience that I unfortunately didn't get to have. Uh, <laughs> but uh, coming clean is the album's shortest track, uh, which that uh, that's Eminius. a little bit that's a little bit of a of a ahead of its time kind of track. Is coming clean is essentially about Billy Joe realizing that he's bisexual and he's not yeah he's not just into to women he's also into men. And I'm like, man, there wasn't a whole lot of tracks about that back then. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's 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 punk as fuck. Um, 
Amenius, Sleepus. Uh, these last few tracks are quite short compared to side A's cuts, but yeah. you know what? It's punk. That's fine. Uh, in the end is uh, one thing. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. In the end, up-tempo, skank beat punkage. Oh, were you uh, doing Linkin Park? Yeah, I was. That went over <laughs> my head. I know they have a song called In the End. Um, so does Anthrax, do. but Anthrax's came much later. Well, one of one of my favorite things I ever saw, like growing up, was this like parody of of Lincoln Park, and it really made me laugh. Uh, one of the lines was like, "Computerized beats, we got them from the from the start." Chester comes along and sings this part, and then he's like, "It's just so funny." I'll have to find it. Yeah, but yeah, um, was it uh, FOD acoustic one? Well, for for a bit before it goes off, uh, and then. All by myself uh, mm-hmm. is one last little thing to close out on. You hear him laughing, and I, I, I like that, you know, yeah. little, little sense of humor there. Honestly, this album is fantastic, and the albums that came before and uh, immediately before and after Dookie are also fantastic, but Dookie is, is to me, the crown jewel. Um, I, I I would agree. Also, my number one, I I would go so far as to say that this is the nevermind of pop punk. Like, it is, yes. I feel like this came out, and it's it's a, it's a one of the albums that de- defined the '90s, I think, and yeah. it birthed shitloads of bands that sounded just like Green Day. Um, I remember mm-hmm. even in in Austin, Texas, when I started I started playing in bands around 1995. And um, we did kind of a punky thing, but not like Green Day, really. But we started playing shows, and it was just like one of those things where every single band seemed to be a band that tried to sing like Billy Joe, do pop punk like them. I'm just like, this shit's everywhere. And um, and it's because it's got started by a fucking massive album that that is undeniably good, but also reached a really wide audience and turned everybody on to quote unquote punk. That's a thing that I have to say because I do remember back in the day and I remember even reading things now where people will say things like green day, you know, dookies, that's that's not actually punk. And I'm all like, (laughs) well, let's, let's break it down here really quick because all it is, is loud guitars, fast music, aggressive, but but it's got pop sensibilities to it. Isn't that yeah. everything the Ramones ever did? Yeah, and people yeah, are very like, quick quick to say the Ramones are punk, and I'm like, yeah. So there you go. Green Day is just better written, better recorded Ramones. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like it's like that dude who was in Lou Reed's band and quit because playing a gig would have meant they sold out. <laughs> Yeah. And so like I feel for them because they got such a backlash from their punk scene after this album blew up and I'm like fuck those fucking people. Like why yeah. is it considered uncool for a band to become successful just doing what they're doing? They didn't yeah. get signed and then make an, a grunge album. They did <laughs> Green Day and got massive and everyone's like we thought we knew you. Uh, fuck you. Fuck yeah. all. If you've ever had that attitude, fuck you. And um, the horse that you rode in on or whatever, the yeah. the skateboard you rolled in on. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, because I think this album is 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 amazing. And um, it's fucking it, it. 
not only was it diamond certified, meaning it sold 10 million copies, it was that two times it has sold over 20 million copies, which is well-deserved. And um, yeah, I just think it's a super important album in every way and undeniably their best, even if it's not my favorite. Um, I just think that um, there's just so many classic songs on here and there's not there's not a weak song on this album. So, um, yeah, it's undeniable. Like, I really do think that, I mean, when you were looking at other people's rankings, was Dookie often number one on the, yeah. on the albums? And I think that that's, it's like Speaks putting volumes. master of puppets at number one. I'm just like, well, yeah, duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, because I, yeah. And, and, and a, a fun fact about this album is it used to be one of my vocal warm up albums when I was in bands. What happened? What's happening? What's happening? Nothing. It, it's, uh, I'm just, I, I glanced over it. <laughs> Sorry. There's so much activity going on in, in my little bubble right now. Uh, my, my kiss poster fell down, taking with it several other posters. Um, Start using thumbtacks. What the hell are you putting them up with? Scotch tape? Uh, a blue tack. Um, st- sticky tack sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Man. I'm going to need to start. thing is, though, like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm wary of sticking shit in the wall. And it's just, anyway, it's, it's not important. <laughs> that's a very, that's <laughs> a very English thing. Blue tack. Yeah. Not to, yeah blue- we don't use that in America. I have a, I have a ball of it right here. Gaze upon its on its bl- on its blue tea. It's it's, it's look, look at his balls, everyone. <laughs> um, anyway, though, the, the, uh, do- Dookie was a vocal warm up album for me. I, I used to there was a, there was a few different things that when I had when I was playing shows, I would be driving to the venue in my car, and my warm ups would be me picking something particular to sing to. And sometimes I would do the Smiths. I would do like Morrissey. I would sing that. Other times I would do Dookie. Happy in the highs of the drunken hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't sing like that. But he's just he's in my range. Billy Joe, like those those are singers that sing in my range. And yeah. so I would it would be a, a, one of my vocal warm ups. And it was also good to because a, a lot of uh, Billy Joe's stuff. There's a lot of syllables in a lot of it. And it was like, you know, it got yeah. me limbered up because a lot of times we were the first band playing. So I would just yeah. show up and set up. And then half an hour later, we were playing and I was like, oh, I've already warmed up. I'm all good. <laughs> um, anyway, nice. That, most people don't give a shit about that at all. But to be completely honest, if you're still here, you are absolutely a peanut butter platypus. I'm hey. going to cl- cross off peanut butter platypus. Oh, my God. Woo. I'm so close. I'm so close to having a bingo, but we didn't say the following could change order at any time. We didn't say that, so I don't. I don't get a bingo there. Um, I tell you, tell you what we are going to say though. What? Oh, you know, three, end. two, one, yeah! We, we did, did it. Gonna cross that one out. Where's yeah? We did it. <laughs> right here. Sam hey. still didn't. Still didn't get a bingo. Um, oh, here, let, here, let me see the card. Let me see the card. I want to see this shit. Ah, okay. So, so what, what do we miss? Toto. Uh, I suppose you, you hang on. Wait, metal elitist, punk elitist. You, you could, you could take that one off because we complained about gatekeepers. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm across. I'm across off the uh, just elitist in general gets across off for that one. Okay. Yep. Sorry for folks but, in the podcast world. I'm showing my bingo card, and what what I didn't get to cross <laughs> off. Okay. Okay. What else we got? Uh, the early '90s, really the '80s. We you could say we touched on that. The uh, yeah, but I, we we weren't comparing how the early '90s had music that sounded like the '80s. Like there wasn't. Uh, uh, that, I think that's fair. what it refers to. Okay, well, we didn't have any snare with reverb. Uh, no, nope, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, under, the, under the gun, glam sandwich drive production, Wayne's World. Uh, did we say something related to Wayne's World? Nope. Wow, okay. Not that's this first. episode. It's a weird one. <laughs> uh, metal fans ruining metal. The following could change at any time. No, actually, you know what? That's a pretty... That's a pretty lean episode on the references. I mean, the yeah. other bingo card is probably full. <laughs> yeah, next time maybe I'll try the other bingo card and see if, yeah. if that one works better. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Comment or send me an email at oldheadpodcast@gmail.com if you think it'd be fun to play because um, I can probably figure out a way to get the cards out. And I think yeah. you can do on this website, myfreebingocards.com. Um, I think you can set up to like have people play and like you can actually interact somehow. I don't know. My wife knows nice. about it. She's she's smarter than I am with these kind of things. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was that was Green Day. Uh, we actually got in around the two hour mark. I was I thought we would we'd be pushing three for sure. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, so thank you very much for for joining us, the peanut butter platypuses that lasted this long. Or if you're just a huge Green Day fan and um tell us how we got it wrong i guess i don't know um <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh, our first f- you know real foray into the world of pop punk and i, I had a good time it was fun um as Dos you is better than dookie what are you talking about <laughs> um so yeah sorry i'm having some ice all right um so yeah like i said earlier in the beginning of the episode we're gonna take a week off because uh, I will be out of town celebrating my daughter's 12th birthday. And so um, she doesn't watch these, but happy birthday. Um, but uh, um, yeah, and then we're going to be coming back with um, more ranking, but it's going to be not only something special, but also something that I feel has been a long time coming. Yeah. And I don't, it's not Iron Maiden. <laughs> There's a lot of people. What was the comment I saw in the last episode? Um, if you rank like, Backstreet Boys before Iron Maiden, yeah, <laughs> that immediately made me go. Note to self: rank Backstreet yeah. Boys first. <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, would that not yeah. be the most punk shit ever? <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, all right, so yeah, that was that was absolutely fun. Thank you for being here for Crankton Ranked Green Day. And uh, yeah, to, in two weeks, we'll be back with another episode um, and it's going to be fun for reals. Cool. Um, this one was fun, too. Um, but yeah, we've got so much in store for this year that, you know, we'll, we'll we're going to get on get on to bringing you all of the shit that we have planned because we do have we have a we have a list. So um, two weeks from now, we'll get on to that shit. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, do you have any parting words? Uh new metallica song came out is good i like yeah. it i uh i it, it didn't hit me as hard as lux eterna at first but now i think i might like it more so yeah um, no nah. mine was repeat mine was like a couple repeat listens and then i was like i like the urgency of lux eterna but i like the substance of this you know 
Yeah, yeah. I, my yeah. only gripe about it, and this is coming from a fanboy of everything Metallica has ever done. Um, the Kirk solo was a little bit stock. It was a little bit stock to my ears. I think it's um, fucking stock. But that's, that, that being said, I don't know if that song necessarily needed a crazy, you know, uh, fast mm-hmm. solo. Um, but it, but it, it, I, there's parts of it where I go, eh, I, I think he could have done that better. But um, yeah, anyway, that's just that's that's for me. Anyway, yes, um, there'll be more Metallica talk later this year too. Um, so, there will, there definitely will. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's it for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you very much for listening or watching whatever you decided to do. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to the illustrious Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. It's kind of a Billy Joe. It's it's perfect. (laughs) Sweet and to the point. (laughs) Later.